What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! 1500 ESPN's Beer Show is on the air. Presented in part by Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, and Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Now, alongside Mike Fratelloni, here's Chris Reavers. One final time in 2017, it's time to do the beer show here on 1500 ESPN. You can find us online at 1500ESPN.com and also on Podcast One and on iTunes. We are all over the place. That's just how dang popular we are. My name is Chris Reavers, and by my side is Mike Fredoloni with Fredoloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Hello, good sir. Hi, Reavers. I'm awesome. I'm I'm been excited for this show all week. In fact... This is how much I love you guys. Our buddy Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, also here in studio. Hello. And uh, Joe Alton. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. It's been too long. Thanks so much for having me. State Fair, right? Was the last time you were on? That was the last time I was on the show. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm going to let the audience uh, in on this little secret. I was going to plan on taking this entire week off, and I thought, you know what? No, I want to hang out with my buds on the beer show. And of course, Manny Hill is here, Because I said, I'll take it. Right. I'll do it. We can do this. And I went, oh, my God. What the hell have I done? (laughs) So. No one knows how to push buttons like you do, Reavers. <laughs> That's true. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, so it's time to talk a little bit of uh, year-end, uh, be- everything beer show related. And it is weird thinking that an entire year went by and everything that happened beer-related this past calendar year. And you guys know way more about it than me, but um, but it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think this is, uh, at least from our perspective, where it elevated. I mean, this has been another banner year for for craft beer locally, especially uh, a lot of new breweries, a lot of new beers on the shelves. And, uh, you know, again, you know, Mike always kind of jokes about it. You know, we, we go after every brewery from, you know, 2 million barrels a year to 20 barrels mm-hmm. a year. Uh, but you know, there, there has been representation locally here that as, uh, has fit the bill for a lot of people kind of in that, that more like, you know, thousand to 20,000 barrels a year that has really uh, uh, been cool to see some really good representation from Minnesota that I think is, is making some splashes nationwide too and you know Joe you could probably speak a little bit more to that just in terms of how Minnesota beer is uh, is kind of seen uh, throughout the nation yeah uh, well first and foremost I mean we had an insane landmark at the end of 2017 in beer and that's 6,000 craft breweries in the wow. country so uh, I think when we launched the Growler in 2012, there were somewhere in between 1,000 and 2,000, and now we're at 6,000 craft breweries. So, I mean, the, the the growth is explosive. Obviously, Minnesota Craft Beer has uh, some legends in Shells and Summit, but like you said, uh, I think nationally we're starting to make uh, a bit of a mark. I know uh, Bent Paddle is a perennial winner uh, of a Great American Beer Fest medal. There's a lot of other breweries in the state that have won national medals and obviously local awards. And yeah, it's, it's just been an insane year. Let me let me ask you too, Joe, and Ryan, you probably know this too, but I, I'm interested to get your perspective because you mentioned in 2012, right? There was 1,000 to 2,000? Somewhere in breweries. there, yep. So the growth has been good, obviously, for the industry. Are we at a saturation point yet? Or, or do you think that it will just continue to get better and the, the growth in craft beer will convert the likes that are maybe the the domesticated beer drinker more than more than anything else when uh when we started the show when did we uh, i was the original it was july it was july of 20 2013 2013 2013 we we launched this show and i dismissed the idea of saturation point to every guest that ever ever came out i remember that yeah it was it, it just it didn't have any weight i'm this today this week this month is the first time that i'm that i'm gonna wage a little caution and i'm gonna say you know what 
well, we're not reaching a saturation point. There's still a lot of beer drinkers for craft beer to go mm-hmm. out and get from macro and, and from elsewhere. You know, there's a, there's a lot of wine drinkers that will someday drink beer and they haven't yet because they don't know what they like yet. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, big beer drinkers that will stumble into craft beer, whether that's by drinking local Pilsners or uh, trying something new that their, their son-in-law brings home. But yes, now is the first time that I would hmm. that I that I would wage caution towards new people that are thinking about getting into the craft beer industry and and these and these people that think that they've kind of seen this industry that's going to have unending growth. Give, give us a couple specifics. So what what you know as we do this show, um, we get a lot of great brewers on, and for the very first time about six months ago, we had people start saying to us, "Yeah, it's." getting a little bit more competitive like they started to have this kind of air about them like yeah you have to strive to sell what you sold last year instead of hey we're up 35 percent this year and oh we're up another 35 percent are you seeing this like out in the market like do you have any anecdotal evidence of this happening yeah, I think that it's it's not anecdotal. It's there's factual. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been actual consolidation in Minnesota craft beer this year um, uh, a few different brewers changed hands reads landing uh, down in uh, in uh, near Red Wing, um, and then Northgate recently sold too uh, to uh, a guy who owns uh, Saint Croix Brewing and Mancherville and whatever. But again, that's just there's that's less breweries than mm-hmm. there were a couple of days ago because these these consolidations are happening. And um, a couple of breweries that are actively for sale right now: Boathouse Brew Pub in Ely. Uh, I've heard Maple Island in Stillwater is is seeking a buyer. So the so yeah, you're seeing actual repercussions in beer. It's not just anecdotal. When they're seeking a buyer, are they trying to go to a big brand, or are they trying to find a guy like you and me that maybe has a couple? Of, I'm not not me. I don't have any money, but you know, a guy that's got a couple of bucks that they want to keep it with that kind of that local feel to it. When they're seeking a buyer, like yeah, you no, said. it's a good question. There's there's really two versions of that. I think that. If you're making bad beer or you're a small brewery, you're probably seeking a brewer. Or you're seeking a buyer that looks a lot like you or I. Okay. If you're making great beer and you're seeking a brewer or seeking a buyer, you're probably thinking you're looking for the you're, payday. You're seeing dollar signs. Sure. You're, you're thinking that, that Miller Coors and, you're, and the you're trying to take the frat know. route. Brad says, yeah. sell this thing. Let's yeah. make some money. Well, when we have some big guys on the, I, I always say that. Yeah. And you have this chance to do it right now. It's super hot. Although AB is like pulling back and they're not buying anything right now. Well, they bought Miller Coors. Well, but they're not buying <laughs> a bunch like, tiny little company yeah. in Wisconsin. They're, they're, they're not buying a bunch of 60,000 barrel uh, brewers Oh, anymore. yeah, they are. I mean, like you see you see them come up. 10 barrel got uh, got taken over in Portland last year and, mm-hmm. and a couple more uh, this year. I mean, I, sure. it's not like it was like crazy. No. Okay. No. I mean, it's I and they, they kind of like consolidate. You know what I think's happening in reverse is you don't always know now the craft beer that you're drinking, who owns it? So you're like, you don't know that it's AB, right? And you're like, oh, that was, that's, uh, Bud owns that. You, you don't know what it is like you used to. Right. Before it was kind of an us against them, and them just started buying us all up. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, that being said, bit. Jim Cook from Sam Adams, he's pushing to have, is the American uh, Brewers Association, mm-hmm. is that is that the name the of it? The Brewers Association. The Brewers Association. Yep. He's pushing now to have that logo on the cans of, or, or bottles of craft brewers that that are not owned by you know conglomerate and that, and that are they do fit so it uh, almost be like a seal like an official seal exactly, kind of a thing right. Fred mm-hmm. only bring, brings up that that very same point a, a great point the the idea is these the the larger companies that are buying small craft breweries are trying to hide that they're buying them mm-hmm. they want their beer to sit next to summits or summit or surleys or bent paddles on a shelf and be indistinguishable in terms of what the packaging looks like interesting because it came from the same authentic places. 
the, the Brewers Association is pushing this independent seal right now as a way to, to put a seal on your beer that says this was brewed by a craft brewery. It's a specific definition that the Brewers Association has crafted, no pun intended, to to allow folks into their association and therefore be independent. That's funny that Jim Cook is doing that because wasn't he one of the first uh, ever to get punished by it? Say, oh, you're making 400,000 barrels or whatever it is. You're not, you're not a craft brewer anymore. And he's like, invented craft brewing. <laughs> the Brewers Association has had a fascinating relationship with Sam Adams. Mm. They pretty much annually change their threshold for what it means to be a craft brewery to make sure that Sam Adams can still fit still into stay that. In there. So, you know, I'm glad that he was brought up because um, I've had the chance to interview him on this show a couple of times, and I genuinely, and I could be mistaken because I'm not very gullible, but I genuinely believe him when he says to me or says to whoever that I care about the craft beer industry and that, I, and that I'm trying to fight and represent the little guy because, you know, even though he's the biggest of the little guy, I truly believe him when he says that. Yeah, he's the real deal. I yeah. Th- I mean, I think mm-hmm. that that's the, that's the, no that's the understanding yeah. in the community. And again, the Brewers Association wouldn't continue to contort and, and uh, manipulate their own standards to allow this guy in if he was a, a bad dude who had the the big guys. And, and by the way, I, I love Rebel Juiced IPA. If anybody from Sam Adams is listening, yeah, you can send it, send a pallet <laughs> over here. But but again, because I I can tell how easy it could be for a guy like him in that spot to become too big for. It, but I, I genuinely believe him. Well, when he it says aligns that. with his business practice though too. If he gets this craft brew designation, people will buy more of his beer and not feel guilty about right. it. Because I think there is a little bit of, you know, it's, it's strange because some of the best breweries we've had on with you from Elevated, right, right. Are, have been owned by big conglomerates. Doesn't make them bad beer. Doesn't make them bad guys. Mm-hmm. It's just different. You're like, huh, that's a, that's a little quirky. I really love your beer still. Yeah, you know? I think people would be surprised by some of the the craft breweries that are owned by, you know, the, the Heinekens and the ABs sure. of the world. Yeah. Uh, more and more so, you know, this just kind of over time, it, it's happened and people haven't even noticed. You know, so. and it's so back to the, uh, the the saturation point. One thing I wanted to bring up before we run out of time in this segment, but uh, case in point with I think there's still so many more people yet to be converted. I had uh, one of my uncles was at my house uh, and I had, uh, you know, I don't have all I had a couple of Coors lights in there for when family comes over. But that's normally he's just a domesticated, you know, light beer drinker that he loves beer, but that's the kind of beer he likes. And I poured him a glass of the uh, the New England IPA that I got from you guys at Elevated, the 755 um, from uh, help me uh, North St. Paul. They got the lighthouse on the can. I'm going to think of it in a second. No, no, it's no, not it indeed. It wasn't 56 Brewing or whatever? No, 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 no. I'll think of it in a second. In fact, I'll look it up. But it was a, I, I, I didn't even know it was local, yet I poured it for him. He goes, this is fantastic. What is it? Again, a guy that has never tried craft beer. I just think there are so many more of those guys that are out there. And that are, gals. Like, there's and gals, stores. yes, like, absolutely. I, I converted a wine drinker on sour beer this week. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's one. The Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this market share that we have, and, and beers competing with spirits and with wine drinkers for your alcohol consumption. And, that, and, and this week, I was at Bad Weather Brewing Company. This woman who uh, I was at an event with said flatly, "I don't like, I don't like beer." And I said, "Well, I think okay." What do you like? She said white wine. I was like, they have this. They have an, a beer called Anomaly. It's a it's an apricot peach ale or, or sour beer, and I really think that you should just try it. Well, see, there you go. I mean, there's, there's the spectrum well, of flavors for beer is, is so wide right. that, you know, everyone can find a different entry point based off of what they, they may drink already. And case in point with wine and sour beers or, you know, uh, some of these uh, whiskey barrel-aged beers that, that spirit drinkers might uh, have a, an inclination towards uh, liking more so. I think that I think you guys are absolutely right. There's a lot of untapped market, but 
there, you know, there's going to be some adjustments that need to be made within the scene. It could be consolidation. It could be, you know, a shakeout in terms of some breweries shutting down. Or what I think is even more important is just maybe some of these breweries kind of redefine their business plan, their business model, get in where they fit in. Maybe they need to just be a taproom brewery. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't need to be distributing to, you know, liquor stores throughout the state, let alone the region. And, uh, and, and, and really, you know, take advantage of that. Black Stack Brewing. Black Stack. There the you go. The New England yeah. style mm-hmm. IPA. It's called 755. That sounds, right. that sounds yeah. right. My God, is that a good beer. Yeah. And I got it based upon a recommendation from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. So kudos to your staff. Well, he just yeah, dropped the best line we've ever had in the show. Get in where you fit in. Right? Did yeah. you hear that line? Are you going to work he... that into your live I'm going to use that from here on out. <laughs> that is my new thing. I'm trademarking it as we speak. Get in where you fit in. His name is Mike Fredoloni with Fredoloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. We are just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. Our buddy Joe Alton from the Growler Magazine is here, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And we're going to step aside for just a quick moment, and we're going to come back with information for our weekly beer run. Do not touch that radio dial, friends. This is The Beer Show. The only thing possibly more important than what beer you're drinking is where to get it from. Let's make a beer run with the guys from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. As 1500 ESPN's Beer Show now continues. That's right, beer advice and life advice from Reavers and Fratelloni. It's the Beer Show, ladies and gentlemen, here on 1500 ESPN. And it's time for our weekly beer and with our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. The best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, folks. It's not even close. In South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd. And in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. And you know what? It's damn time they've been recognized as the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, thanks to the Growler Magazine. You know I was going to work in a cheap shot, didn't you? It's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. So for those that are listening that might not know um, kind of the award systems, you guys on an annual basis, right, you do the kind of a big deal where at the end of the year you guys unveil all sorts of cool things in the Growler Magazine, and one of them is, of course, best bottle shop. Yep. We learned from other media mistakes through the years that we weren't going to editorialize our awards. We didn't want people to accuse us of giving awards to advertisers or giving awards to others, so we've put it entirely in the hands of our readers. Sure. So uh, sometime around October or November every year, our readers uh, submit nominations for who they think deserves recognition as a kind of a big deal winner. And then we've got about a four or five week voting period where we receive thousands and thousands of votes uh, for all these amazing food and beverage and culture figures in the Twin Cities. And yeah, Elevated came out on top in uh, in one of the polls. And uh, it's, been, it's been fascinating to see how much interest there is. Yeah, well, and I mean... For you guys too, I mean, Elevated is spectacular. They're they're my favorite bottle shop, and I'm not biased in any way whatsoever. <laughs> How would you be? But but I've got to imagine, you know, if you were to editorialize, it's got to be tough because there are, I mean, there are there are some really yeah. good people that are out there doing really good work. Yeah, man the 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 line between good and great is really really fine, especially in uh, especially in the realm of of craft beer these days. That we we now have a market that we can be really proud of. There's a lot of uh, venerable craft breweries that have been here making award-winning beer for a long time, and now they're competing with each other. And as the bar rises, the bar rises, and it's it's been really yeah. fun to see. So, I out think- of all your categories, Joe, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, what was one of the surprises? Did it because you know these people, you know, kind of probably everyone on your mm-hmm. list. Was there anything you're like, huh? I never thought those guys would make it to the top. Not that they didn't deserve it, but just here's a, yeah. here's yeah, there is. There, uh, one of the most the first thing that came to mind is somebody that I didn't think would stay at the top, and that's just nature, by nature of size, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, when you get when you have a bigger brewery, when you're Surly or Summit or Shadows, you've got a you've yeah. got a you've got a wider base of, mm-hmm. of customers. Dangerous Man took home best brewery this year, 
for their tiny little northeast Minneapolis. Those guys room. suck. Yeah, right? <laughs> they're totally joking. They're jerks. And they're, <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I mean, they, and they are. You, you, your your sarcasm there speaks true, though. They're fantastic they human do beings. Awesome, they yeah. they do great work, but it's tiny little batches of beer, and they're really really fighting uphill to 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 be what they are. And so to have that kind of sure, to have that to kind of recognition that. is cool. It means that you can still be little and recognized. So sure. speaking of dangerous man. I, and I, I think, Ryan, I think I've already told you the story on the show. I uh, I bartended a wedding for a good friend of mine mm-hmm. who, uh, Dangerous Man's his favorite beer, all right? And I bartended his wedding. So what they had was they had, you know, their the Tangeray bottles and stuff. Uh, you know, it was an open bar. So they had all the stuff for people that wanted spirits and whatnot. And then they had a couple of taps that were all Dangerous Man. And they had the cream ale. Um, is it the Farm Ale? Farm IPA? Farmhouse IPA? Farmhouse, yep. And then they had... One of the best beers that's ever been created in this state, the peanut butter porter. Mm-hmm. And I was literally scolding people that weren't ordering the peanut yeah. butter porter. You want What's a gin and tonic? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I was that guy. And then it was, it was, it was, I was doing it in a comical sense, of course, but they do, they do tremendous work. And the, and the fact that there are still so many people that don't know about them is quite astounding, astounding to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly they're doing a good enough job of getting the word out there. They're, then they do things the right way and they're a fantastic. Uh, set of people and, and an excellent type room. Go ahead, Ryan. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to mention the fact that I think, you know, it's worth noting that the Growler and the Beer Dabbler, you know, have helped foster a lot of what we, we're seeing here. So uh-huh. it's, uh-huh. Uh, and, 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 you know, have been great stewards of this community. I don't, I don't know that this Minnesota scene would be as robust as it is without these guys. So it's worth a tip of the cap to them, especially heading into this is what, are you guys in your sixth year now with the Growler? The Growler's in, entering year six. Yep, the Growler and the Beer Dabbler's been around since 2008. Yeah. So, I mean, in that time, I mean, just look look at the leaps and bounds that yeah. the scene has well, made. Let's, and Let's talk about the Dabbler because I have been to a Dabbler in the middle of January, I think it was, one year. Yeah. At the State Fair. Yeah. It was, you went to the year. You it, were there for the one. I, I was there. Well, I've been to a couple, but I was so Is this cold. like the Halloween blizzard <laughs> yeah. story? It was, yeah. it was where I, the craft brew industry of Minnesota has one of those. At some point in time, the beer taps, the beer lines were just freezing up because it was so, so cold. Just on the eastward facing. <laughs> okay, just on the eastward facing. Tents. What uh, What's this year's dabbler going to be? Uh, weather-wise, that's, well, you're asking where, a lot where of me. The Almanac what? says 32 and sunny. Nice, I'll that's take what that. I'm, uh, no, it's uh, the event, uh, you know, it's funny. We we had that one, we had one treacherous year. It was awesome. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was Minnesota Hardiness in its, in its yeah. fullest form. But Absolutely. it was zero degrees outside. Mm-hmm. And it presented new event challenges to a bunch of guys who had done a ton of events outside that we had, that we, I mean, we could anticipate, but it never happened to us. Mm-hmm. So once you go through those motions, you learn a lot. And then... Two things changed. One, our preparedness. Our we added the Coliseum, so there was a there was a place yeah, to warm up yep. if you needed to. The fairgrounds can be pretty barren that time of year. Sure. Yep. And then we started marketing it in this way that was like, yeah, no, don't come. It's it's really hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, not for us. It's too cold. Yeah. It's like it's too cold. It's really windy. The, all the beer is probably gonna freeze. You're gonna stand in line the whole time. Please stop coming. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? We started selling out. Oh, Ten thousand people started buying tickets. Don't tell us here. what to do, yeah. Joel. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, what do you mean we can't? Boy, he read his clientele perfectly. No, but it, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Minnesotans are so eager, mm-hmm. so eager to to have the story. Absolutely, of the, the Halloween blizzard yep. or the 
I was the I was there yeah. the year. Yeah. I was there the year. All the taps froze. All of them froze. Yeah, Everyone had to go home. You know, no one, no could one got a beer. Well, did you have fun? Yeah, it was the best time I've ever <laughs> yeah, had in my exactly. entire well, life. Case in point, Kent Herbeck tells us the best of anybody. The Ron Gant story? No, well that that too. But oh. the, you know, the day that the Twins clinched the American League pennant against the Tigers in 1987, they came back to the Metrodome in front of 50,000 people. And Herbeck, he's, he, I love how he tells us, and I will not do it justice, but he said, man, it was 55,000 people at the Metrodome, and I've met all 750,000 of them. Yeah. 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 All these people claim they were there just because they wanted that's That's yeah. how that's who we are that's in it. a nutshell. Yeah. It is. It's really real. So that, that event is great. And again, the Coliseum we've added since then, and, and in there we host uh, some wine, and some local cheese and meat purveyors, and there's a nice cozy place to get a cup of coffee and warm up, and then hit so, it up. And we also, since, since you're the king of this, right? You have the biggest sampler party ever. How do you work these? How do you go into a place? How many beers are you going to have available? There will be 160 breweries. My God, serving somewhere around 800 beers. So, so okay. Reavers could maybe have 800 sips of beer, right? <laughs> How does it, what do you suggest I do? Do I just get the book ahead of time and go look for it or what, what do I go after? Yeah, the, the preparedness is is key and it's hard to, it's hard for us to nail down these breweries to have them tell us exactly what, what they're, they're going to bring, yeah. let alone for us to be able to get you that information. Mm -hmm. But I think most people that have done it a few times just start to make a list of the 25 or 30 breweries they know they want to hit. Sure. If other, if they hear throughout the day, that something was excellent or something needs to be tried, they'll they'll track those down. But yeah, it's it's loose preparedness, and and you're absolutely right. Please don't try and try six hundred. Don't tell me samples. what to do, Joel. Yeah. 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 That's exactly oh, what he did. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, so we you need, can't do it. We need details. Uh, give us ticket information, yeah, the, the date uh, of the event, and the so forth. The event sells out every year. Yes. Uh, this year, we're we're selling tickets faster than we ever have, so I'm not sure how long they'll be available. We moved it a couple weeks later because of the Super Bowl. We got oh, out of yeah, the way call. of all the drama. Um, so we're going to be February 24th at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. Tickets are available at BeerDabbler.com. Uh, you can save a few bucks if you get them at the BeerDabbler store. Otherwise, they're also available online. It's February 24th? Hell, that's damn near March. Right? It's spring. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be warm. It could Happy. be warm. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. right. So get a, the Beer Dabbler store happens to be on West 7th. That's right. And right across the street from you, or kind of right across the street from you, is it Birch? What is, what's coming in? What's the new... Uh, uh, big brewery that they're building right at the... Uh, you're talking about... Um, Starts with a B. Well, Birch's is going into downtown, okay. but across the street from us is going to be Clutch. Budweiser. Clutch, uh, Clutch, Clutch. Clutch is going yes. in at the Keg and Case Marketplace. Okay. Good, the, good touch. Yeah, that is going, going to be, be cool. huge. Yeah. Where is this in St. Paul? On Hobby? West 7th. It's right at the old brewery, yeah. right? So the Keg House at the old brewery, this is a, this is a great point. The Keg House at the old brewery is going to be uh, taken over by a guy named Craig Cohen, and his partners, and they're putting in Thomas Bomer and Rick Rancone from uh, from Revival and Corner Table are going to mm -hmm. put in a restaurant. Oh, wow. There's going to be five watt coffee and a whole bunch of other things. This whole big indoor that outdoor will be 365 day your market. And then yeah, Clutch Brewing Company, these really avid home brewers and and St. Paul guys are opening a brand new craft brewery in there, and they're supposed to be ready by April or May. That's huge. I mean, that's going to be a very very big. Add on to West Seventh directly right. by you, yeah. yep. and they're and they're they're looking right now at developing the Rathskeller space, like the actual the actual like German bar that was at the original Schmidt Brewery oh, is really? still intact oh. in the front building, oh, cool and empty, and it would be it would be a really really cool thing. Well, to wait a minute, let me be an happen. idiot for a second. R help me, wasn't isn't like Flat Earth in that spot? Hams, Hams is in on the west side. I'm sorry, the east side. Okay, and. 
uh, the Schmidt Brewery is the one that's on West 7th, uh, right near Randolph, right by Shamrock. So where's Flat Earth then in, in proximity? Flat Earth is in the Hams Brewery. Got it. Okay, 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 yeah. got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, they're over there with uh, Levin Wells Distilling. That's right. Okay, yep. that's right. And there was an, wasn't there another one too, Ryan, that we had on? Recently, that's kind of in that same ballpark. Well, bad weather again. You know. Oh yeah. Right, okay. Right, yeah. And West Seventh. And yeah. Waldman's. Waldman's. So yeah, we, Waldman. That's yeah. a great story. Are yeah. we trying to, Mike? Help me. You're Mr. St. Paul. Is is this seeing the kind of growth? Are we trying to do like a a northeast or or a north loop kind of area with Minneapolis and St. Paul? It kind of seems like it. Because it's a great you, idea. Uh, if he's are. saying West Seventh has that, then I would. 100% agree. I think I've always thought that the the two areas had a lot of similarities. There's like that blue collar meets artist mm-hmm. communities, young people buying yep. houses, yep. old transportation history, yep. the rivers right there, old brewing history, you know, mm-hmm. like Summit's been on West 7th between West 7th and the river for sure. 32 years. Yep. And now you've got bad weather and now you've got clutch and There's clutch so is much character into a brewery. Yes. And yeah. it is it's it's my, my favorite part about it is as a St. Paul guy. Mm-hmm. It's 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 classless, right? Like sure. it's not Doesn't it's not matter. lower yeah. class, yeah. middle class, or upper class. Mm-hmm. It's just St. Paul people all kind of gathered in one. Note space. to investors: if you want to still buy a house in St. Paul and still have it be little kind Bohemia. of a little Bohemia, I want That's to call it. it Lower Crocus. There you go. I just want to use that term because they're mm-hmm. right by Joe's office. Yep. Right be, between 35E, the river, West 7th, and the yep. airport, you can kind of afford a house there still. It's real. But you won't be able to afford a house there in one year. I bought a house there two years ago, and I would not be able to afford a house there Honest to God. Now. Honest to That's God. Real. It's That's just, It's just starting real. to go crazy, and the houses are a perfect size. The neighborhood's going to be off the charts cool. Oh, man. We're gonna be, I'm going to be accused of being a gentrifier, yes, yeah. and everyone <laughs> from West 7th, the West 7th Cool Kids page yeah. on Facebook Property taxes went up, and then it became really cool. It's that damn Fred Aloni's yeah. fault. Yeah, right? I think it is, it is a cool area, and it's really starting to be. I agree. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I'm excited for it. So what what is the end game then? I mean, is the end game that that expansion in and of itself, or is it let's just continue to growth and see where we're going? Well, I don't know. I mean, they're just stealing from Summit or stealing from Grand a little bit and yeah. stealing from Selby and just moving it down. And you got the Excel Energy Center, and then you're you're just running right down the road, and it's going further. And I, I, what I don't know what your cross street is. You're down a Randolph We're or something. About Randolph, yeah. yeah, I mean he's way down. Sure. But it's coming all the way all the way down to thirty five. Yeah, parlors going in down by uh, by XL. And yeah. I I'd say that the the interesting thing one of the interesting things about one of the parallels between Northeast and St. Paul is um, I can't say this word on the radio, but uh, the uh, crappy bars, mm-hmm. right? And I mean that in the in the, the great the dive most, bars. Oh my god, yeah. the best dive bars. And, and I have a, I have a real affinity for these. And in Northeast, they've they've actually done a good job of opening up dive bars to young people without like the hipsters and the old timers are, are playing it. nice. Yeah, Tony right? Jarrows, like, it works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Cousins, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's the bars like that in the North Loop yeah. and in yeah. and in Northeast or in, and in North that work. And if St. Paul can do that, if West Seven, mm. if there's if there's an opportunity in St. Paul for yeah, that, yeah. it is West Seven. Yeah, Skinners and those things. Exactly. They're, they're already kind of busy, but when yep. you go in there, you see my age guys, your age guys, and my dad's age That's guys right. there. Exactly. So uh, this is the weekly beer run. Ryan, <laughs> so, uh, are we doing a tasting this week, given that it's the holiday and that the fact that you guys are going to be jam-packed for the next couple of days leading into the new yeah, year? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We're, we're kind of at that point where we're typically ready to sort of collapse because, you know, we're, we're almost through the holidays here. But we're looking at you know January and we're like okay Vikings are in the playoffs right. the Super Bowl's coming right. so I think this is going to kind of keep uh, keep going for I'm us. I'm with do, you. Yep. We do have a lot of cool tastings going on this weekend though. A lot of you know sparkling wine tastings at both stores. In fact, I'm just looking at the calendar right now. 
um, beer tastings with 56 Brewing. We've got the shoots. We've got again a bunch of wine tastings. I would I would venture to say that if you go to either shop in the evening uh, between now and and Sunday, and again remember we close at 6 p.m. at both shops on Sundays. Uh, so that'll be this by Sunday law. as well by law for New Year's Eve. Get out. Make sure you uh, you grab your your goods before the the, the bell rings there. Um, but again, yes, tastings all weekend. Check the calendar online, Elevated BWS, for all that information. You mentioned Deschutes. Yes. When can I get Deschutes fresh squeezed in a damn 12-pack? I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I, 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 I do know. You just know, did. You might as yeah, well it's too late. Yeah. 2018. No, I just, I, 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 this I, is yeah. America. I want 12 at a time, not six, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I don't know is whether or not it'll be cans or bottles. I don't you, care. You will get 12 packs. In I don't care if they want to send it to me in a damn keg. I want more than six <laughs> bottles at a time. I'd you bet, might get I both. bet you'll see kegs. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, cans. Yeah, that would make more sense. And that's good. That's a good idea. I mean, they're, they're it's a great beer and a great product and a great company, and they're not stupid. They're, so they're, yeah, they, anyway. they're everywhere. They The Shoots was uh, the kind of a big deal winner for best out-of-state brewery, and they always are. Just really? perennially, they win. And without a lot of fanfare, they're not they're not like volleying for the award. They well, just win. Joe, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. You know how they are now a big deal? Mm-hmm. They're at the state fair on tap, right. for God's sake. It's real. That's how you know that they yeah. are legit. Black Butte is always my uh, my acceptance of winter. I always have a Black Butte, and that means it's winter time. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, okay, we got to step aside for a quick okay, moment. You got real serious there. Don't. Okay, you were going to get really unserious. <laughs> And, and then got, I got okay, real yes, serious. Yes. Uh, Joe Alton from the Growler Magazine, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Ryan is here. That's Mike Fratelloni. I'm Chris Reavers. This, my friends, is The Beer Show. This is The Beer Show. Let's go drink some beer. On 1500 ESPN. Reavers, Fratelloni, our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. That'd be Ryan this evening. And our buddy Joe Alton from the Growler Magazine. This hour has already flown by, you idiots. Sure. So start talking slower. No, I'm, I'm totally All joking. Right. I'm totally joking. Uh, so we talked Winter Dabbler. We talked beer tastings. Ryan, what else do we have to hit on here we, uh, before we wrap up the new year? I wanted to kind of pick Joe's brain here about, you know, 2018. We talked about 2017. What happened there? What are expectations for 2018 in terms of, you know, styles that, that people are going to be drinking, uh, you know, events they're going to be going to? What are, what, are you, uh, what are you hearing out there? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. We talk about this stuff a lot. I think you, you mentioned hazy IPAs earlier. Oh, man. I think that... Uh, I'm all in. I know, 20, I know I'm late to the party, but I'm yeah, all in on 2017 to 2018 is kind of the hazy beer era, I think. We had sour beers a, years, a year ago. So you're still going to see those. You're going to see breweries open specifically serving those styles. But you're also going to see, I think, a little bit of a... Um, a fall off in the popularity of that. Is the, the sour beer like this one I'm looking at that you yep. guys tried from Fair State Brewery? Is this is this catering to both the female and the male demographic, or who are we targeting with this style of yeah, style absolutely. of sour beer? I wouldn't say that sour beer has a gender. This okay. is an incredibly popular beer from yeah. Fair State. Is it really? won, yeah. These guys actually won two kind of a big deal. Was that their Roselle won for kettle sour, and then the raspberry Roselle won for fruit beer. Wow! So they like they are a beloved sour brewery. Mm-hmm. So sour beer is not going anywhere. You're gonna see. You're gonna see that again. One of the reasons is that access point, right? The access point for for wine, uh, wine drinkers, and people like that. And uh, and then also you've got, um, you know, I think hazy IPAs had their moment. I think it's gonna be malt forward. 
I think people are going to pay mm. attention to Malt this year. I think that, you know, uh, Finalani and I were talking before the show about um, how how we get Pilsner drinkers mm. to to drink craft beer. I think that uh, that focusing on on ingredients and education around malt and um, and there's some there's some local folks that are making and and malting grains like rye and other small grains here. When you say malt forward, t- tell me and the listener what your what what style yeah. or what kind of beer you're talking about. Yeah, so about. I mean, uh, hops had their moment, right? The first several years that I was in craft beer in Minnesota, everyone wanted IPA. And they IPA had their only. years, not years. their moment. Yeah, years. Yeah. They had years, right? Like, everyone wanted the more the most aggressive, the newest experimental hops and all that thing. Hops are always going to be a part of beer. It kind of was the foundation to absolutely sure. the revolution yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yep. So. Now we're coming, kind of coming full circle, right? Like pilsners are, are malt forward beers, but so are stouts, and so are porters, and so are brown ales, and so are ESBs, and so are all these other things. Minnesota is uh, is a unique growing area. I mean, we've got a lot of potential to become an agricultural center for beer. Interesting. And so I think you're seeing some of that. There's this uh, really cool grain. It's a perennial wheat called Kernza. It's a wheatgrass, and um, it's 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 really good for the environment. It's a uh, it's it's instead of being a cover crop, it's got deeper roots and it and it grows every year and it's really sustainable. And so, uh, a handful of national breweries and now a couple of local breweries have started using that in their beer. Well, let me ask you a question, Joe. So, because we have so many really good and successful breweries, you know, here in this market, whether it's Surly Summit, um, Shells, you know, all not even the big hitters, but even the second tier guys that are doing very very well. Why aren't we seeing those guys investing into whether it's a hop farm or a grain farm or whatever? Is that going to happen, or is it not really in their best interest because it's not it's not feasible for them to do something like that? Uh, there is some of it. Uh, Shells, Jace Marty at Shells, uh, con- contracted specifically a version of uh, of barley that he wanted to use in uh, in a beer he made uh, at Fort Road Hellas. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys oh, got yeah. a chance to try it this very year. Popular. Delicious Pilsner that, that they made down there. And he did. He he contracted with a local New Orleans, New Orleans huh. farmer. Okay. I think he worked with the U and one of the malting companies in town. I think it was RAR. And and they grew this grain on um, mm-hmm. Shell's land wow. to be malted, okay. to be made in their well, beer. Well, what so, about Mark Stoddard's brother, too? He, yep, he yep. owns the, the The Summit Pilsner is a legendary story, the same thing. I think it's cousin. I think, I think cousin? Mark's okay. first cousin owns a big... Uh, a, a big farm in one of the in one of the uh, Dakotas. Joe, I'm raising my hand. You're supposed to call on me, but that's okay. I'm, so I'm, it's been a long time. <laughs> All right, it's a long time. You, you forget how this radio works. Okay, so here's the thing: I don't get because I am a, a equal opportunity beer drinker. I don't care. I, I yeah. drink everything, literally yeah. Bush Light to this stuff to whatever. Why aren't more craft breweries making any kind of light beer that just goes right up against a Miller Light? Yeah. Because you know what Miller Lite does is they sell a lot of beer. Yep. And I, you know, I, I mentioned this to Omar from Surly, and he was like, well, you know, our guys are drinking a lot of Banquet when they're done brewing. I'm like, well, if they're drinking Banquet and they have free access to your beer, why aren't you making something that just is a guzzler? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. It's time out. Yeah. So you're telling Omar from Surly what type of beer yeah, you should be making? I, I made him write it down <laughs> on a piece of paper in case he does it. All right, Joe, your yes. rebuttal. No, no I mean, it's, who's it's, doing it's, this? Is anybody smart enough to catch you've on got, to this? You've got a great point. I think that that's kind of what I mean when I say, right, like aggressive IPA forward or like Those hot are going forward away, IPAs yeah. and things like that. They're not going no, away. No, they're soft. But I, but I do think craft beer is recognizing that they, they need to widen their spectrum, right? They need to be known. I'm sitting here sipping on a, a Venture Pills from mm-hmm. Ben Petal, the kind of a big deal winner for Pilsner in the state. This is a crushable beer. This is a beer you can have a few of and and not lose your mind. Is this a gateway, a gateway craft beer? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking away that term. I think people are going back 
to those beers. Oh, sure. okay. Because sometimes you, um, you know, this this stunt beer concept where you have a beer and it's an eleven percenter, and you're like, oh, I can have three sips of that. It's yeah. not good. But then you come back and have that Ben Paddle venture, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is really refreshing tasting. Yeah. And I think it's coming absolutely full circle. I think the people who make some of these beers are saying, wow, that's our number one beer all of a sudden in two yeah. months. I think you're right. And I think that I think you are seeing them start to make it. I think that that's kind of mm-hmm. the thing with the malt forward beers. You're seeing Pilsners. You're seeing lagers. And then you're seeing breweries that are opening specifically with the idea of approachable beers. And whether that's they're like a uh, Venn Brewing Company Luda just Pils opened. Too, right? Venn is right near you guys. Yeah, right? Venn is right down by Venn, us. Yeah. Venn's right near uh, Hiawatha and uh, on Hiawatha and 46th. They've got a brewery. They they opened with 12 beers. That's aggressive. It's ambitious. They've got a home brewer that's been at the helm for a long time. He knows what he's doing. His quote to me was, "If I could, if I could choose the lineup." It would be sixteen pilsners. Wait, you guys have a brewery? Really? I, huh. Why am I? Why can't I picture this? It just opened about what, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's just a couple weeks old. So, so it's towards the airport from where you guys like are. Four blocks from. Okay, blocks down. Okay. So, but he mm-hmm. says to me, if I, it was my choice, I'd shove, I'd shove pilsners sixteen pilsners yeah. down their throat yeah. all day. But I don't think I'd be very popular. But what he has done is he's got a saison that's really, really dry, really attenuated. You know, like it doesn't. It's not estery. It's not a big and intense version mm-hmm. of a Belgian. It's a gateway Belgian, sure. and what their beers are are doing is being approachable. So I think, I think, I mean, when you talk mm-hmm. about predictions, I would say one of the things that I think you're going to see is beers that are intentionally trying to gain market share. Mm-hmm. These craft breweries, they can make a, a really hoppy, aggressive IPA and fight with their neighbor, or they can make something that that appeals to wine drinkers or cocktail drinkers can, or otherwise and gain market share. Yeah, and they can maybe sell in twelves and twenty fours at elevated. Right. Which yeah. would be a big deal. I think uh, the days of the this is my prediction. Mm-hmm. These barrel aged beers are going away. They're too expensive to make. You sell them one at a time, and I think I someone's going to so. get. You don't. I, think I, so? I don't think I'm so. with Ryan. I, th- I'm, I with, think, I'm with Ryan. I'll tell you, people, I think people I don't. People don't line up in advance for the even the hazy IPAs, but they do line up in advance and they no, stand out in the cold for the barrel aged beers. Fifteen million hazy IPAs, and you sell four hundred. Twenty-eight bottles at of, the same price, like at the same at the same ultimate. Well, I think I think yeah. the point is it's not so much an economic or or a financial decision for these breweries. It's more of a cred decision. You know, mm-hmm. it's a branding decision. They want to have they want to have a cool beer that that people you know look at like a as a whale. Sure. So, the, I I don't think that's going anywhere. I, th- I I really do feel like you know those some of the things that we predict are are going to go by the wayside are are going to continue to evolve and change but they're going to be there sure there's going to be a different type of ipa there's going to be a different cool new barrel aged style of beer that that people are going to gravitate towards but i 100 agree with joe and i 100 agree with you you know some of these more approachable that was uh, mike malt- by the way he 100 agreed with me mike fratelloni sorry mike fratelloni <laughs> from fratelloni's ace but i was doing a beer order today for uh burnix and, and they have castle danger and i've just been blown away at how the castle cream ale sells it's it's out of control we almost sell more of that now than we even do really? fresh squeezed uh from, from the shoots wow. uh minnesota gold from third street it's 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 an unbelievably popular beer um, and, and a lot of craft beer drinkers, they run the gamut, right? And we've, Mike Fratelloni, mm-hmm. we've talked about this yes. before, you know, there's a lot of customers that we see every day that will come in, they'll grab a four pack 
of a thirteen ninety nine IPA, mm-hmm. and then they'll grab a flat of Miller Lite sure. for sixteen seventeen ninety nine, and they're happy. Yeah, so and so are it's, you. It's, it, and so are yeah. we. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's not necessarily this or that. I think a lot of people are just looking for quality, and they're looking for you know what what fits uh, their particular palate. So here's how I want to conclude the last ninety seconds of this show because I have the three people in the studio with me that have been here basically since day one, That's and real. I want to take That's a real. Look at take this. a quick yeah. second to to appreciate both the support and the generosity of all three of you in this room and making the show what it has become now, and it's an ultimate success. Um, but we wouldn't we wouldn't be here without you three guys. So I I, I truly four from guys, the bottom of my four heart, guys, yes. Well, I I just I just over here, Manny Manny Hill makes me look and good. Manny, yeah, and Manny Hill. So uh, for the last you know four plus years that we've been doing this show, it's it's like every Thursday night's a party, and I I can't tell you how awesome it's been being a part of this. And it's about damn time the Growler Magazine recognized Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits <laughs> as the best bottle shop in the Twin Cities. So congratulations, Cheers, Ryan. Thank you. You got it, and Joe. Thanks for coming in, man. Dude, honestly, you taught me so much. Cheers. Thanks for having me. You back. got it. Uh, and if uh, you need to get your fix, ladies and gentlemen, head on over, check out Elevated bws.com and get your New Year's Eve fix. And again, public service announcement. This goes not just for Elevated, but all liquor stores closing at 6 p.m. on Sunday, New Year's Eve. Don't wait till then, idiots. Get your stock (laughs) in right now. Michael, thank you, sir. Thank you. You're the best. Uh, To another successful 2017 of doing the beer show. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you've tuned in tonight or every single Thursday night here on 1500 ESPN. Thank you so much for making the beer show the success that it is. For Manny Hill, for Mike Fredoloni, for our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and of course, Joe Alton with the Growler Magazine. My name is Chris Reavers. The Dan Levitard Show is up next. We will talk to you again next Thursday night in 2018. Cheers.